You are listening to episode 750 of the Juicebox Podcast. We are all in for a real treat today because Pam has had type 1 diabetes for a very long time, and she's going to share a lot of it with us today. You're going to learn about diabetes, you're going to learn about being married, about love and loss and life. It's a tour de force this episode. While you're listening, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juice Box podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you have type 1 diabetes and are a U.S. resident or are a U.S. resident and are the caregiver of someone with type 1 diabetes, go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, complete the survey, and you've helped someone with type 1 diabetes. You may have helped yourself, and you've definitely helped the show. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox, completely HIPAA compliant, absolutely anonymous, it only takes 10 minutes or less. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. Today's episode is also sponsored by the Contour Next One Blood Glucose Meter. Arden uses it, we love it, and you can have one too. Contournext.com forward slash juicebox. Hi, I'm Pamela, and I've had type 1 diabetes for 50 years. And Pamela, you're 51 years old, is that right? <laughs> no, I was diagnosed at 22. Okay, you're 72 years old. Yeah, wow. 72 years young. <laughs> you know, the other day, uh, someone made a big deal to me that I didn't look my age. And as I was having the conversation with them, I kept saying, I'm 50 years old. And we turned around and took three steps away. And Arden says, you know, you're 51, right? And I, <laughs> <laughs> That's and, good. And I said, no, I, I, I'm not. Is that what happened at my last <laughs> birthday? And she's like, yes, at your last birthday, you were 51. I said, oh, I have to stop saying I'm 50 then. Um <laughs> Anyway, 72 is a, feels like quite an accomplishment, I imagine. Yeah, I guess 72 is the new 50, though, isn't it? Is that what they're going to say? That's what I've heard or read. <laughs> is that, <laughs> did you read that in a place where your, your back didn't hurt? Or I, <laughs> like, like, <laughs> Nothing hurts on me. No, Thank God. <laughs> well, yeah, let's, let's find out a little bit about all that. That's really something else. So, tw geez, 22 years old, 50 years ago. What year was that? Yeah. Around 1972. Wow. Because I was 17 in 1967 when I graduated high school. And mm -hmm. so. So. I'm going to tell you, I was it, born in 71. So that's probably about right on for 50 yeah, years. Yeah, I think yeah. that is right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, do you remember anything about that at all? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I. I was living in Los Angeles. I was a, a professional singer, musician, and I was losing weight, but I didn't notice it because I'm pretty thin anyway. Mm -hmm. 
And so if you lose, if you're losing two pounds, you know, a month, I kept thinking, well, I exercise a lot. I'm just toning up, you know, Mm -hmm. and I went home to visit my folks in Kansas city and they took one look at me and they said, get on the scale. You know, I didn't even own a scale. So my dad says you're 90 pounds, you know, I thought, oh God. And I remember when I was in LA that I was in the movie theater with a girlfriend. I was holding up. I don't even know how big they are. Those huge family size Cokes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, I never drink that stuff anymore, but she said, Pam, I'm embarrassed. We're in a movie theater and you're holding up this, whatever, 64 ounce (laughs) bottle. So I guess I was really starving for sugar. Right. Right. Um, And I was, so my parents said tomorrow morning, we're going to go to your cousin who's a urologist and he's going to check you out. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in his office for a few seconds and he said, you're going to the hospital. So my blood sugar was 1200. Wow. How, how long do um, you think that had been going on before you made it to the doctor's prob- office? Probably at least a year or two. Maybe it was lower and it just kept getting more and more. I really don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, I had no way to know. But I, I went into the hospital and a woman um, who was very nice came in and uh, showed me how to inject myself with insulin. She showed me on an orange. And then every time I chewed it into myself, I think of the orange. So um, I'm just going to sip a little water here. You're fine. So, um, and then another woman came and she said, I've been diabetic for, I don't know, 40 years. She was probably in her fifties. And she told me that she had no complications. She told me what she did. Everything she did was, you know, good. Mm -hmm. And, um, I thought that's going to be me. And I felt so good after having insulin. Oh my God. I was like the old me again. Right. So it wasn't depressing for me. It was a rescue. Thank you. You know? Mm -hmm. No, of course. So that's, that's, that was my beginning. Wow. How did you make it out to LA to be a singer? Because that's not what you ended up doing through your life. Is that right? Well, I did that for uh, 20 years. Um, I was, I played funny girl in Fanny. I played Fanny Bryce in funny girl musical in high school. And I decided that I was going to devote my life to music. And I, my parents, I knew if I said, I want to move to LA, they would have said, no, you have to go to college. So I was in my sophomore year. I, I went to USC and they had a musical comedy workshop with the civic light opera that I got into. And so they would work with me every night while I went to college. And then I dropped out because I got on a TV show and I dropped out of school and then my, you know, my parents were thrilled and they watched me and, you know, you know, it was all good. Hold on, Pamela. And, what what TV show were you on, Pam? Oh, God. I, I mean, this is the Flintstone era, right? Um, let's see. That was um, Jim Neighbors musical variety show. Really? Yeah. That's you know, a, go, he used to play Gomer Pyle. No, I know who you're talking about. I'm I, <laughs> I'm worried that I know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's even more worse. That's scary. <laughs> you said that oh like, oh, well, you're not going to know what I'm saying, but I do. Yeah. yeah. 
<laughs> no, that's yeah. were you like a background singer or a player? Well, How'd that work? Yeah, they 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 I was the ethnic girl. They had an, an African American woman, you know, a blonde, and I was the brunette, and um there were bo- four guys and four women. And um we would sing, you know, with Jim and do s- skits and I mean just everything really. It was really fun. But after a year, I thought. I'm going to end up like these other women being backup singers for the rest of my life. So I quit and I started traveling, you know, to Japan and the Playboy Club circuit and all, all you know, that's what I did for 20 years. Pam, I, have to, te- uh, yeah. I have to tell you, the funniest thing is that at that time, what passed for an ethnic girl was a was a white girl from Kansas with dark hair. <laughs> Yeah, a Jewish girl. Oh, oh, you know? oh! I see, I see. That's yeah. how we got the. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that's, was, uh, that's what passed for ethnicity at that point. Huh? It, uh, right, right, right. So. Uh, by the way, uh, not for nothing. How did a Jewish person end up in Kansas? <laughs> you know, there are millions of Jewish people in Kansas. I mean, they're just an incredibly large amount. There's so. a big. Uh, I didn't realize there was a, a a big community there. That's interesting. Yeah, huge. That's something. So, all right. Well, I now think you're famous from this story, and no, any, anybody no, no. my age or older believes that. But every <laughs> everyone younger is like, she said, "Jim neighbors." I don't know what that means. I know. I know. Yeah, that's it's very interesting. Okay, so. <laughs> So when you went home and you were diagnosed, did you ever go back to LA or did they, did that, is that what brought you home? Um, no, I had just gone to, you know, I was diagnosed and, and I went into the hospital and once I felt good, I went back to LA. You did go back. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> How much longer did you stay? 20 years. Oh, wow. No yeah. kidding. I, I left when I was um, 40 years old and I moved back to Kansas city and, um, when I was 43, I met my late husband, uh, who was incredible. And we were married 30 years. He died a year and a half ago. I'm and sorry. Uh, so that's why I'm back in Kansas City. But I ha- I love Kansas City. I mean, I, you know, I grew up here. So, yeah. And I'm sorry, Kansas I, City, Kansas, Kansas City, Missouri. Can- how- uh, Overland Park, Kansas. Okay. Okay. And I, well, when I, up till nine, I was in Missouri. And then we moved across the state line a few blocks and I was in Kansas. So <laughs> first a change of pace. Uh, okay. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of richness going on here. Hold on a second. W- so after you decided, I don't want to be a backup singer anymore, you were still in LA for quite some time. So what did you do between those years? I, I, I was so lucky. I got to, my agent uh, booked me in Japan and I got to go to Tokyo, Osaka and Kyoto and I would be like a tourist in the day and I would explore. And then at night I'd sing with a great big 17 piece band. I had big band charts that my arranger made for me. And um, the the stage would be spinning around and there were all these Japanese or Asian men. There were no women. Okay. <laughs> and, and then I would sing, you know, and, um, and then, you know, maybe Osaka and Kyoto, there might've just been a trio. Mm -hmm. And then I did the Playboy circuit, which was really an archaic. I'm sure no one that's 30 years old, even has ever heard of it or even 40, (laughs) Uh, but they'd have a comedian open. And then I would sing after that. No kidding. Pam, you for clarity, you had your clothes on while you were singing. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I was real. I was already a feminist at that age. Yeah. I, I was I was kind of like not happy. These women had to wear those bunny suits. It was I thought it was really weird. But, yeah. you know, it's so interesting. Wow. So you made a living like that that whole time. You never married in that time. No, I, you know, I had this I made this vow, you know, that I was going to sing until I was famous. And and, you know, I, I recorded with Richard Carpenter after his sister died. But A and M Records was afraid um, to put me on with with him, so they got Dion Warwick instead, and Dusty Springfield. They thought because it was a, his solo album, and they thought that would sell better. But you know, after that, I was pretty disappointed, and I I decided that I was kind of burnt out, and mm -hmm. I wanted to go home and be near my family. So, so, so through all this time, the seventies, the eighties. I mean, when did you move home? What year? Do you remember? Yes, 1990. Okay, so 70s, 80s, up until 1990, you're living this life in a world where diabetes management is pretty shaky. So mm -hmm. how how did you think about your diabetes during that time, or did you not, or how did it? How oh, did it I did. I I had my cousin out there knew the best endocrinologist I think, honestly, in the face of the earth at that time, Dr. Sherman Holvey. And he was president of the ADA. He had a support group. He had a diabetic educator. He had, you could call any time, day or night, and somebody would be there to help you. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. And he told me, Pam, you know, you have a couple choices here. You're, you can either take care of yourself, exercise, measure your food with your insulin. And, you know, I, I've always eaten a lot of carbs and, uh, or, you know, don't do those things and you can, you might suffer the complications. So I thought he was my inspiration, really. He, uh, he inspired me to, he said he ran on the beach every morning, five miles, mm -hmm. you know, and I thought, okay, <laughs> I could do that. Yeah. So, so anyway, I kind of uh, had good role models. Okay. And what was management like? I mean, you were animal insulin at first, right? Oh, my God. We had urine sticks. That's how we checked our blood sugar. Mm -hmm. If it was dark green, you were super high. If it was really light green, you were wonderful. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, that was it. And then, year, you know, years later, they came out with glucose, glucose meters. Mm hmm. Glucometer, but they were yeah. they were big back then, though, right? Yeah, and I I thought you know I was living alone, and I thought I'll just check my blood sugar ten times a day because that way I won't black out, and um, you know that that'll be that'll be the best way to go. And I was singing, you know, and so on the forty five minute shows, and you go into the bathroom on the break, check your blood sugar come back out and, you know, Keep so going. that's just what I did. Cause singing burns up a lot of glucose, mm -hmm. you know, you're jumping around and all that. Yeah. So. Pam, did you black out frequently? No. Um, the only time I had one blackout, um, well, uh, two in 50 years, I've had two. I was driving on the freeway from San, uh, San, I can't remember where I was, San Diego or somewhere. I did a recording session. And the, the person that uh, was recording me took me to dinner, just a nice guy, you know, friends. 
And um, I, I don't drink. I still don't drink. But that night, I probably had a fourth of a glass of wine. And I probably was so focused on talking that I didn't think about my carbs. So, so my car, um, yeah. So I blacked out. Wow. Um, yeah. And I, I'm alive. I mean, I, it's a miracle really. Was it a, did you have a seizure? Yeah. That's how you would put that's, it. Right. And, and how that's did you, what I would call it, how did you come back from it? Like, did someone help you or? or what well, the, the, I, I, I was, you know, 65 miles an hour on the freeway. I pulled into, I didn't know who I was or where I was. I, it was like a surreal nightmare. Givoke Hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto-injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages 2 and above. Find out more. Go to givoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Givoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit givoglucagon.com slash risk. At some point on your diabetes journey, a person gave you a blood glucose meter. Did they say to you, hey, this is a great blood glucose meter. It's one of the most accurate ones that they ever made. No, no, no one said that. Did they say, by the way, there are other blood glucose meters. You might want to look into it. I'm just going to give you this one because I have it here in the drawer. Nope, they didn't say that either. They just gave it to you and you thought, well, this must be my blood glucose meter because the doctor gave it to me. But there are many meters, and they're not all made equally. You deserve an accurate, well-made, and easy-to-use blood glucose meter. You deserve the Contour Next One. The Contour Next One is my favorite blood glucose meter. I know that's a strange thing to say, but we've used a number of them over the years, and this one is my favorite. Why? Bright light for use at night. The screen, super easy to read. It's manageable, and by that I mean it's a good size. It's not too big, it's not too small, and I love the way it fits in my hand. It's sort of, um, because of the shape, which you'll see at contournext.com forward slash juice box, almost feels like you're holding a, like a pen in your hand. I don't know how to put it exactly. You'll see when you get to the website. But the Contour Next One blood glucose meter is incredibly accurate. But you might be worried, Scott, all this accuracy... Uh, is it more expensive? Am I going to be paying a bunch more money? Uh, I don't think so. Actually, if you go to contournext.com forward slash juice box, you can actually buy it right now at a number of online venues. Walmart, Amazon, Walgreens, CVS, uh, a list goes on and on, Target, Rite Aid. And so when you get to my link, check it out. Because you might be able to save time and money buying Contour Next products from the convenience of your home. What am I saying? Well, I'm saying that it's possible that this meter and the test strips could be cheaper in cash than you're paying right now through your insurance company for an inferior product. How crazy is that? You owe it to yourself to be using the best equipment that you can. And there's no reason not to check out the Contour Next One blood glucose meter. Contournext.com forward slash juice box. And I pulled into the side of the freeway, the left side, and the, the police were knocking on my window 
And I thought, I guess eventually I opened the door and they uh, took me to the hospital. Um, I probably had a diabetic bracelet on and uh, that was that. And uh, wow. the other time uh, when I was married, um, my husband, <laughs> you know, he knew when I was acting strange that my blood sugar was low. And so he wanted to call paramedics. And I said, no, do not call them. And I was like banging on his arm, which I never would do normally. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing, you know, he said I was out laying on the floor, you know, so that was my two escapades, never had anything since. Mm-hmm. And I've never, I, I don't think I ever will because I'm so well controlled and I, you know, I have Dexcom and all that. So yeah, back. So back in those days, though, uh, in the beginning, did they measure your A1C or how did you measure? Yeah. Your health? Oh, yeah. I was about in, in the high fives. OK. Did you eat a particular diet or? Yeah, Okay. I did. The the woman that, that taught me at Dr. Holvey's office told me, I, you know, I would eat four carbs a meal, um, 20 grams of fat because the fat slows down the rise of glucose. Mm-hmm. Um, fruit. And they gave me a booklet, you know, that diabetic booklet with all the little foods and how much they, yeah, the equation. And so um, what else? Do I, oh, and, I had and milk. you followed that every day. Every day. Yeah. Fail. Tons, tons of carbs. But at, now, you know, as I got older, I started doing research when I could on the phone and saw that high fiber doesn't escalate your blood sugar very much. And so, I mean, now I've been eating high fiber for almost all a great part of those 50 years. And, you know, people talk about how diabetic people say they want to eat chocolate cake or, you know, I haven't wanted that because I'll eat a mango. 90 grams of a mango is 15 carbs. So I put it on my little scale Mm -hmm. and it's to me the best, you know, my taste buds have changed. You, pref- um, you prefer the sweetness come from, from something fruit. natural from fruit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And, and I, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I just said, I don't like to take chances. And so I don't, it's not worth it to me to go out and, you know, have a hot fudge Sunday when I don't even want it anyway. I mean, the thought of it almost gags me. <laughs> <laughs> I know what it would do to me, you know, and I, and then I'd have to chase the blood sugar with the, it, the pump, the, the Dexcom and the, uh, my Omnipod and I'm looping with the Riley link, which has changed my life. Right. Uh, um, that, you know, I, I mean, I guess I know that type one, uh, people with type one do do that. They can't, they eat something real sweet and they work it out. And there's things you can do with your Riley link or whatever looping device you're on. But for me, I just don't want to take the chance. Cause I, like I said, it's not a big deal. So I, I don't would, crave would you, that stuff. Yeah. So. Would you consider yourself a lower carb eater? Like your overall daily carbs? Well, I have four for breakfast, four for lunch and five for dinner. And that includes the fruit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. And then the 20 grams of fat, which does not, is not the lean meat included in the lean meat. It's outside of that. And then what else? Um, I don't know. Pam, I got to tell you, you're 72 and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to start eating your diet. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, it's really good. I mean, my cholesterol is so low. My A1C is a five. Now I don't recommend that for anyone listening to this program, 
but for me, it works because I'm very careful and um, I exercise the first thing after breakfast. I'm on the treadmill 30 minutes and then I do, yo- I'm a yoga teacher now, mm-hmm. last uh, 30, uh, 40, 50, 20 years. So, you know, I do, I stand on my head, <laughs> I do all kinds of crazy stuff, but it all works. And then I go about my day. So that's my life, basically. I, I want to pick through it a little more with you. You got up this morning, you ate breakfast. What'd you have? I eat the same thing for breakfast every day. Uh, high fiber waffle. Um, it's got 21 carbs and then fruit, um, applesauce on my oatmeal with, uh, and I became lactose intolerant this year, which is really fun. So I have to take these lactose pills. Then I have uh, lactose, you know, no lactose yogurt, but I right. still have to take them because I react anyway. So that's what I eat. And then what else? I guess that's it. Peanut butter, peanut butter on the waffle. Oh no, almond butter. I used to do peanut butter. Mm-hmm. I'm almond butter is real, super healthy. My endocrinologist in California told me so. Okay. So Pam, I'm confused about one thing. So a, a second ago, I thought you said the waffle had like 21 carbs in it. Is that it right? It does. But, yeah. but uh, then er- the oatmeal. But earlier you tw- said like like three and four and five at a meal. But what what I'm misunderstanding something okay. you're saying. Okay. Okay. So the oatmeal has 20 carbs. Mm-hmm. That brings it up to 41. The fruit has 15. 41 and 15 is 56. And then um I'll eat one Triscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, but so oh, but, and, and, <laughs> but, but so you have a meal with like over fifty carbs in it for breakfast. It's got sixty, yeah, it's 60, sixty, really. Okay, and then how much insulin is that for you in the morning? Well, I, I can tell you that my overall basal rate all day is two, two point one. Um, it used to be four. Wait, wait, tell me, two point one an hour or two point one all no, day? No, all day. Okay, my basal rate. Now so you, that's without the food. You know, that's just my you know, basal. Yeah. Yeah. I'm following you. Hold on one second. I'm getting, I'm pulling up a calculator. I didn't know we were going to have so much fun. Hold on a second. Uh, (laughs) All right. So if you're doing, I'm just going to round it and say two divided by 24, you're getting less than 0.1 an hour in basal. How much? Less than 0.1 or around. No, it's it's point, it's 0.05 all day and all night, except for 10 you know for two hours in the afternoon and at, at night it's um 25 and 35 what you, you know one hour of 25 and one hour of 35 how much do you weigh? Oh, you know oh, oh, point 0.35 yeah yeah, yeah yeah how much do you weigh 118 117 is this a cha- okay so did you i'm assuming you Pam, I am assuming you went through menopause like 20 years ago, but oh yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. but 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 prior to that, were, were you on a pump prior to menopause? Um, or no. do you know what your basal, your total daily basal was before while you oh, still had oh, hormones oh, going? Oh, it, yeah, it was so much higher. It was like all day long was a whole bunch of insulin, like you know, 20, oh, oh, point 30 that hour, and then oh, point 50 another hour. You know, it was it was. Wow. It was wild. Yeah, so if you yeah. were if you were at prior to this like a half a unit an hour and now you're not even you're not even a a, a, a unit. Like, yeah, no. yeah, you're so low so much lower. So, but do you think that's 
Is that the change? Is it the loss of the hormone fluctuations that changed your? No. no, oh no, it's it's the it's the um, the Riley link has oh. changed my life. Oh, I'm sorry. So you're using loop, right? With um, I'm looping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's changed my life. And so, it really has. And so the loop is is keeping you super steady with a lower basal rate, but you're making up for the insulin you need at meals. So you're you're what's your insulin to carb ratio? Do you know? Yeah, one, 15 grams of carb to one unit of insulin. One to 15. Okay. So you're one to 15. You have a very low basal rate. Do you notice the loop giving you extra basal during the day or is it fairly stable? You know, when if I'm under stress, I'll hear it going beep, beep, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. going, oh, thank you, you know. Um, and then I found this override just lately. Boy, did that change. Well, that let's see. The override is good because I took an improv class lately just for fun. First time I went, it was kind of stressful. And so I put the override on, you know, for a temporary basal. And it asks you what what amount of um, how high you want your blood sugar to go, how low and how high, and you fill it in. And then it just during that time that I was at the the first improv class, I wasn't, I was, my blood sugars were perfect. Hmm. Instead of me bolusing for stress and giving myself two units of insulin and then Maybe plummeting down, down and have, have to, you know, it's like a roller coaster. So you, it's horrible. You go to that little, do, you go to that little icon at the bottom of the app, the heart, you touch that. Right. And then you right. roll up to what'd you like, what'd you use? 130% or where did you go to? Do you remember? Well, it's not a percent. They they ask you what range you want your blood sugar. Right. Like uh, not- this, you know, and, and so I, I put it low. I, like, I don't want to tell people because I don't want anyone to get into trouble. Oh, but, you so know. you, okay. So you just changed your target so that it would be a little yeah. more aggressive. Oh, look at you. So you didn't change the strength of the algorithm by rolling up the percentage. You just changed your target to be lower. Yeah, just for that for hour that or two or two or yeah. Right. And you know, I was I was on stage doing this improv and I could hear my little thing going beep, beep, and I was like, Oh, thank you. It's like a human pancreas, yeah, you know. It feels good when <laughs> something's looking out for you, that's for sure. Yeah, you're yeah. like, Oh, thank you without putting my Dexcom on the attentive. I always have it on the attentive sound. Mm-hmm. And, you know, God, how embarrassing that would be during an improv. (laughs) You could just you could just improv right around the noise, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's aliens. Aliens have landed. How long have you been using loop? Um, Let's see, about three years, three or four years. Did you set it up Um, yourself? No, no, no. Um, So I was teaching yoga outdoors at this hot springs and 10 women or 15 women walk in wearing Omnipods. They have bikinis on Mm -hmm. because it's people go swimming. And I I ran up to them after the class and I said, I wear an Omnipod too. And some had pumps with the tubing, you know, and everybody was proud. It was like they were being bold, like (laughs) bold with insulin. Right. Right. So, um, they said, don't you know about the Riley link? I said, no. And they told me, and I went ahead and ordered it. And my, my husband, my late husband's brother um, was a genius, launched a lot of spaceships and he, he set it up. And then my husband watched 
And then every time I had to replace it, my husband would know what to do. Right. When I moved to Kansas City, he was passed on. And so I had to hire somebody because I'm just not a tech person. No, I, I, I remember a half an hour ago when we got on this call, I didn't think you were a tech person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I mean, I, I think to myself, I can't imagine what anyone listening to this show that's 20 or 30 is thinking because they're just eating whatever they want. Most people, and they don't want to live this crazy life, but to me, it isn't crazy, but it looks crazy, I guess, you know, I don't know about that, Pam. I also think that as you get older, I don't, uh, maybe everybody doesn't feel this way, but some things lose their luster. And for me, Mm -hmm. eating was one of them. Like, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I realized how much eating was around, um, I guess community, right, and social mm, and yeah. socialization, and we, and then you know, I, I my my mom's birthday was recently. My mom turned eighty. We had her over. She wanted steak and shrimp, and we made all this stuff. And I had I had steak left over, and for days afterwards, my kids would like they're you know like, hey, it's lunchtime. What are we going to have? Well, Dad's going to eat that steak, and I'd just be like, yeah, it's good. Like like I don't need it to be. I, I don't know. Like it. I don't need it to be a whole big different thing constantly. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's a thing that comes with age or not. Maybe. Yeah. You know? Cause I, I really like my, I mean, I eat different things sometimes at night, but mm-hmm. in the day it's very similar, you know, you taking any so. supplements or have you over the years? Vitamins? Oh yeah. What do you I, do? I take, I take like, you know, everything, vitamin C, multi, um, E flax oil, um, you know, all that vitamin, beta carotene, all that stuff. No so. kidding. Did you, did you and your husband have kids? Um, no. Mm-mm. No. Was that a no, decision I, like because of your age or diabetes or what? No. Um, he had a daughter and so he felt like it would make her feel bad, you know, that we would, cause, cause we were living in Kansas city and she was out in California. So Um, that's what we, you know, that's, that was a decision. And, and, you know, as a result of that, I've been in a lot of programs with like big brothers, big sisters. Now I am, and then a diabetic program with children's hospital where you mentored a a type one child. Mm -hmm. So I always have a child in my life. I love children. Yeah. It's very important to me. Was it disappointing to you not to have kids or? You know, I don't think at the time, I kept thinking, well, my husband has a daughter, it'd be like our daughter, you know, even though she's out of town. And so that's kind of how I, you know, they're kind of a pain in the ass, Pam, you probably dodged a bullet if I'm being honest with you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Every day, these kids seem to want something or need it or I don't know. (laughs) They've got, oh oh, no, I know. (laughs) Or they have emotions you have to tend to, or there's a lot. Sure. Yeah. No, but that's, that's interesting. And I looked at your LinkedIn. I've seen, you've done a lot of nice things over your life. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, so uh, if you, I looked at yours, you're, you've done a lot of good writing and, uh, uh, you're very kind. You don't very. have to be nice to me, Pam. No. It's okay. We're talking it's to you. It's true. No, no it's true. <laughs> I, um, I, uh, oh, that's very interesting. I try to come off like just like a big dummy that makes this podcast. Is that working, Pam? Or do you think it, I'm not getting away with it? No, I, I think you're, I think you're very understanding. I've listened to a lot of them and I learned, I've learned a lot. Oh, I'm glad. I kept thinking, what can I learn? Right. But of course there's always so much to learn. And, you know, for instance, I learned, setting your warning sign that you're going to get low 
higher than like I had it on like 65. Well, by that time, that's Just crazy, isn't yeah. it? So um, even though I do have a signal that says you're starting to go low. So anyway, I've changed that. Um, I've learned, I've just learned a lot. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. Um, okay. So did you know many type ones throughout your life? Yeah, they, they didn't take care of themselves and it make it's some of them are gone now. It's just sad. How, you know, how did you so. end up meeting them originally? Well, I ran into one at a diabetic store. Um, my little, the little girl I mentored in the program, she was 12 when I met her. She's 40 now, but she lives in California. But, um, you know, I'm, I know, I know what, you know, I know what's going on with her. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so I guess I don't know, um, too many. (laughs) Yeah. But cause I was wondering without like the digital age, cause you're, you're in a really interesting situation. I mean, you, you lived like right over top of the of the line where the internet came and and you're somehow involved in it now like you're mm-hmm. i mean you're using a do it yourself algorithm to manage your diabetes you're in my facebook group you know you're you 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 meet with people um socially you meet with people like through your businesses and doing yoga and things like that so you have a lot of interaction with people and mm-hmm. and i just wondered how many of them would have diabetes and i i it didn't i didn't imagine many um, but, but are you saying that the, of the people, you know, you've seen poor health outcomes for them? Well, I have a cousin who started out on pills, you know, as a type two and then, it, and then his, ins, uh, his, he wasn't getting regulated. And so they put him on insulin and he's doing better. Um, I think the little girl that I sponsored, I was hoping that she would have no complications like me, but she's had some heart stuff, you know, it's just, you can't make anyone do anything. And I never tried to push my, I, you know, push, make her feel like you you talk about on your show, shaming someone, you know, and I would, I would never do that to, to her. And, but, you know, when children grow up with a parent that maybe doesn't feed them healthy food, they really, don't want any healthy food, you know? So it's, I mean, that's not for everyone, but I mean, I notice that sometimes that how you grow up and I was just lucky. My mom lived to 101 and a half. She walked a lot. She ate healthy and, you know, so I had a good role model. I was lucky. 101. And a half. (laughs) How did she pass? Did she, she, she choked on something. I almost cursed Pam. Okay. Oh, really? That's what got mm-hmm. her? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah. Oh. She was she I was know. still going. Yeah, it was so funny though. The last year or so my husband would come over and visit. You know, we moved her out to California with with us. And I put her in a little residential home with like four other people. And my mother would look at me and she'd say, Who's that old man with you? <laughs> talking about your husband yeah well you know she started not knowing anybody but me right because i spent a lot of time with her so you know yeah. her quality of life wasn't so great the last two, year or two so that's you know else. it was is okay but that's really great, something well good for did, did your father how long did your father live 
uh, 86 and he had Alzheimer's. So, Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's, yeah. And yeah. he, he, he didn't have exactly a, you know, he, he didn't, dr- my parents never drank really didn't drink, but or smoke, but although my mom did maybe for a few years when I was young, but you know, I think genetics has something to do with. I mean, obviously. Too. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. uh, what about other autoimmune issues? Do you have any others? Well, from age 20, well, when I got diagnosed around the 24 to age 40, I could not get rid of female fungal infections. I, I just couldn't, they, you know, all the medicine didn't work. Right. So when I went back to visit my parents now, you know, I'd had it for all those millions of years and, you know, it's not fun to have a chronic infection when you affects your blood sugar. Mm-hmm. And I saw a really, uh, I call him brilliant immunologist from India at one of the, you know, hospitals here. And he fixed it for a year with some medicine, but he said, you can't be on this forever. And he said, he was really a holistic person. He was looking at the whole person. He said, Pam, I think you're depressed. I said, oh, no, 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 not me. He said, here, I'm going to give you an antidepressant. I said, no, that's okay. So I took it home. I, I swallowed it. I felt, I felt, I just fell asleep. And I thought, I just, I flushed him down the toilet. I thought this is like crazy medicine for, for, and I'm not crazy. And anyway, to make a long story short, I did get depressed around the time I moved back to Kansas city, seriously depressed. Mm -hmm. And I was, um, I got treatment and, um, in one month, my phagocytes that the immunologists found that were a 2%, they should be 100%. In one month on an antidepressant, they were 100%. Hmm. One month. He was right. What, what is that measure? Well, phagocytes eat bacteria, have something to do with eating bacteria, your body. Yeah, I'm looking ability. right now. A type of cell within the body. It's capable. called, it's called, yeah, PHA. Yeah, of engulfing yeah. and absorbing bacteria and other small cells and particles. Yeah, I mean, I really felt hesitant to even share that I'm on an antidepressant because I don't, I don't tell very many people, you know, except my close friends. And now all the people um, listening to You know, us, people yeah, think yeah. that you're, you're weak and fragile and Can you imagine don't realize. that's a generational concept though don't you think like maybe I think so yeah maybe because yeah. of your age you think of it that way but i don't imagine that that people would think of it that way any longer well i hope not yeah. because chemical imbalance happens and you know in our family it, it was prevalent and so that's just but you know it fixed my immune system i had all those years being a mess and all of a sudden I wanted to get married. You know, the counselor said to me, have you ever thought of getting married? And I said, oh, that's a good idea. You think somebody would want to be with me? <laughs> and he said, sure. So that's when I met my husband. Yeah. Uh, and we got married and it was yeah, incredible. My, wow. my life was so much richer than being a singer and a musician. I mean, you know, if I had to do it over, I would have had four or five kids, but mm-hmm. it, you know, kind of late for that right you were later when you met him i see i understand now hey yeah we married i'm yeah you know who wasn't interested jim neighbors (laughs) oh i don't want to laugh (laughs) you don't it's okay i'm sorry i think you and i are the only one that understand that statement so yeah i know well and Um, i respect 
everybody's oh sure no of course no 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 i'm just teasing but um, i know yeah uh but that's really interesting so because i'm glad you shared that part because the story felt a little disjointed because it didn't make sense to me that you got married at 43 and now it does yeah yeah Yeah. okay yeah yeah and i mean I wasn't afraid of getting close to someone, you know, all those years I would pick unavailable men and all of a sudden I had an available man and, you know, I was really scared, but I could, I was able to handle it and mm-hmm. embrace it and feel grateful. And it was just wonderful. Yeah, That's excellent. So uh, no uh, thyroid stuff or celiac or anything like that. No, nah, nothing. I have like no, no, no complications of, you know, from diabetes and, um, I'm good. I just, uh, nothing else. That's wonderful. Yeah. Any siblings? Yeah, I do. I have a brother. He's, uh, eight years older. It, does he have any issues? Mm-mm. No, not re- no, no, no diabetes. Um, I think my father had some family members, like a, a little boy that had diabetes, like a, one of his nephews or had diabetes. So that's what we think it's, that you, in you the family in that way on your father's side yeah. maybe and yeah you, your brother mm-hmm. has children uh-huh they're and fine nothing there yeah interesting Mm-mm. okay yeah um wow all right well what made you want to come on and do this we're 45 minutes into this so i wanted to ask you why you wanted to come on the podcast um because i think it's important that people understand that taking good care of yourself it's it's it makes life less complicated you know it's it's enough complications just being diagnosed and then i wanted to make things a little easier for myself and and for me that made it easier um i i respect that not everybody wants to do that but um and i also think being a mentor for a young child is a good thing and i wish more hospitals had that program Hmm. I don't think, you know, I mean, there's one, my endocrinologist has one patient that has, uh, is looping. Can you imagine that in Kansas city? One patient. Hmm. Yeah. Kansas city is where I I don't want to out somebody, but I think there's a person on the show. I think they're pretty open about that. A person that's been on the show before who, um, who lives probably very close to you. Who's, who's, who's been very involved with looping in the past. So, Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I know what you're saying though. It's, all these people, you know, the way I always think about it is through the podcast, through the context of the podcast, because, you know, I get enough feedback from listeners that I, I'm comfortable saying the podcast helps people. And it does. And, yeah. And yet I know what my reach is. And while it's, it's, it's really great, it's nowhere near the number of people who could benefit from the information. And yeah. so you you only are ever reaching a, a a small number. So to hear that there's only one other person in your you know hospital setting that's even aware of this, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that changes. I'm hoping the the algorithms that are available now from Tandem and Omnipod and things like that. I'm hoping they become more prevalent with people because even without a firm understanding of diabetes, they might achieve much better um, stability and, and A1C. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it really does help tremendously. Yeah. Do you ever think about, I don't want to be a bummer, um, but do you ever think about what might happen if you become incapable of thinking about your diabetes the way you are now? Yeah. It scares me to death. Right. I, I mean, 
I've thought of that. And I thought, oh, my God, how am I going to adjust, you know, my settings? And, you know, nobody's going to know how to do that. So, yeah, you know, unless I remarry and somebody's as smart as my husband was, you know. <laughs> But, <laughs> Are you out trolling for 75-year-old guys that understand the, how to use their computer? Is that what's going on no, right now? <laughs> no, 60, about 60-year-old oh, guys, gonna, Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. you want to yeah. get more of a boy toy situation. Well, no, just, <laughs> you know, I just feel that I don't, the people that I meet that are my age, I don't think, I think I need somebody with a little more, you know. I don't know. Energy, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, yeah. You, don't, you don't in any way come off your age. That's for certain. You know, like talking to you or even like, you know, I can see you online or like looking at photos of you, anything like that. Like it's you you don't feel I mean that you're 72 was surprising to me. Mm, thanks. Yeah, yeah. That's um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a big deal. Like it is because it's not just about dumb luck. Right. I mean, sure. Genetics are helpful, but you've also put a you know, you've put a plan in place for eating and it's working well for you. Uh, you're on top of your diabetes in a, in a major way. Um, you know, these things are, you know, you're not, I wouldn't imagine you're having these successes by mistake. It seems like you're, you're meaningfully trying to accomplish them. And, and while that doesn't always work for everybody, you're seeing the fruits of your labor here, I think. Yeah. I think exercising every morning for 30 minutes on the treadmill helps tremendously. My basal rate was so much, so much higher before I did that every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I'll listen to the news or watch TV or something, just some stupid show that, you know, so I don't realize I'm really on the treadmill, but, right. um, I think that's it made my basal rates really low. I would imagine. I agree too. And yeah, and you, yeah. do you do it every day, seven days a week? Yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. cons- the consistency too, because it, the truth is, is that the exercise is creating a variable for you. That variable is allowing you to probably use less insulin that's and, right. Yeah. That's and, right. And I see. You, I've seen that. Oh, yeah. 100%. It's 100% right. Wow. Yeah. And do you figure that out on your own? Or did you kind of follow in your mom's footsteps of the walking? Well, I figured it out because I was, you know, I used to treadmill maybe several times a week, but then I started noticing, especially with the loop and the, the Dexcom, that I, my blood sugars were really, really good when I started doing it every day and I Mm -hmm. thought, boy, that's good. I mean, with the loop, you know, if there's a day where I just think I don't really want to get on, I'll create that temporary override for a few hours, you know, and then maybe I'll ride later in the day, you know, and then I walk my dogs every night for about a half hour too. So, I mean, and teaching yoga and standing on my head for five minutes in the morning, you know, (laughs) Well, you're very active. Like you, you're, <laughs> yeah, I'm not, very, and very not, active. Not for your age, by the way. You're just you're very active. And yeah, and, nothing nothing hurts. Luckily, you know. Right. So no, I and I take your point there because there are plenty of people who might like to be active and are having trouble. They for, can't. Yeah, yeah. For reasons that are are not their fault. Um, wow, that's something. So would you? I mean, you talked about a five A one C. Now was it always that low? Like through your no, life? No, 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 it's, it got better when I started looping. Okay. It was, you know, mi- middle, I think years ago, upper fives, and then it got to the middle fives and then, um, maybe 5.2 or 5.3. And then after this loop you know, it just kept getting better and better. Does anyone follow your Dexcom? Like you live alone, right? 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, somebody should though, because that'd be nice. You know, do you, ha- do you have someone that you think could? Hmm, I don't know who would do that. I mean, my, my brother's really busy mm-hmm. with flying in and out of town, visiting his kids and my sister-in-law, you know, they, they, they're busy. They, tr- they go overseas, they go on trips They're they're not here that much. So <clears throat> I don't know who, and I have some girlfriends, but I would not ask put them under that kind of stress you know? pressure from it <laughs> I just I, I mean I'm I'm just thinking about like you go to bed every night by yourself so it's, yeah you know it's uh but, but my dexcom setting is on attentive have you ever heard that noise the yeah, attentive no. one it does it go eh, 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 like that no That's, it goes do 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 that one okay oh god yeah. it's a killer <laughs> so that wakes you up and okay. I mean oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Mm-hmm. But, you know, it usually is, I pretty much know when I go to bed, I can look on the forecast of my loop and it's showing that you probably aren't going to have any lows tonight, mm-hmm. you know, or if it says you are, because maybe I took a virtual yoga class on top of everything else at six, uh, let's see, 545, just like an hour and a half. So I will eat something more before I go to bed, you mm-hmm. know, so it, the loop has um, that advantage where you can actually see your forecast. Yeah, no, I know it's a, it's a big help. It, it, it's it, huge. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Um, I don't know what else to ask you. There's so much like you, you, it feels like you've done a lot and the time has been kind to you and, mm-hmm. and I don't know. It's a, is there something you'd want people to know that, that I'm not getting from you? I'm, I'm so worried. I'm not asking you the right questions, I guess is my, is my concern. Mm, I don't know. I'm, um, let's see. Um, uh, I, I was just looking at some notes that I made, yeah. um, but, but I think I've already talked about every, all of the we things that them. I put notes for. Um, well, I, well then let me ask you this at your, you know, at your age, how do you find a podcast? There was a Dexcom group on Facebook. I think I'm pretty sure that's where I was. And, um, I said I had diabetes for 50 years and I have no complications. Well, I don't remember if it was like a thousand people or 700 people, but I mean, so many people wrote, how in the world have you done this? And I said, I said, I told them kind of in a brief few sentences. And one of them said, you should, you should be on the uh, juice box show. Really? And that's, that's, that's how that's, you figured I, it out. That's how I found you. Yeah. Yeah. Do you listen to it? The oh, to the juice box? Yeah. Yeah. Well, now I do. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I love it. Oh, I'm glad that that's excellent. And, it, but do you think that. Do you believe that because you're very you've been very careful through this entire like time we've been talking so far, right? You're not giving anybody advice and you're very careful to say this might work for me and not for other people. Like, you know, I don't right. wanna, I don't want to say what I do because it, it might not be right for someone else. But I mean, if you had to encapsulate where your success is coming from, you think it's it's a, a mixture, genetics, your diet. No activity like where how do you think of it no it isn't because when i was in california and i was in my 20s my doctor wanted to put me on cholesterol medicine because my cholesterol was like 
you know, 200 and something. Hmm. And I said, no, I'm going to just eat more carefully, you know? And that's when I changed. And then my, now my cholesterol is 150 and the good and bad are, are excellent. So maybe genetically, if I ate bad, I would get maybe, you know, it wouldn't high go cholesterol, so well. but yeah. Yeah, but I think I think it's exercise. I really do. I think it's the diet, eating lean protein. You know, I don't eat hamburgers. Um, meat doesn't appe- red meat doesn't appeal to me. I like chicken and fish and to- uh, tofu, believe it or not. And mm-hmm. um, and being you know, a- and being attentive to your mental well being too. That, and that's, say that say that being attentive to your mental well being was a big boost for you as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh boy, was it? Yeah, because yeah. okay. you make better decisions when your mind is, you know, in a healthy place. So. Right. Well, that's really that's really interesting. Hey, can I ask? Um, do you date? I'm just starting to. Yeah. And how long yeah. has your husband been gone? I'm sorry, I forgot. A year, a year and a half. A year and a half. Are you getting lonely? Oh God! I mean, with COVID, it you know all this hit. Uh, we I thought we thought he had 30 or 40 years. He was healthy mm-hmm. and it was genetics. He inherited his father's pancreatic cancer. He did. My husband didn't even drink hardly ever right? and ate like I did exercise. So that we thought his neuroendocrine cancer, they grow slow and people live with it 30 or 40 years. But anyway, they told us that the doctor said, you've got two weeks to two months he fell over in the room. They took him to the hospital and he died five days later. Oh, I'm sorry. So, yeah. So, I mean, I loved him so much. He was communicative. He was sensitive. He was, he was, I, he was brilliant. He graduated from CU with two degrees in the top of his, you know, Mm -hmm. 1% of his class, something cum laude, you know? So anyway, um, but I've been in some meetup groups and because the online dating was horrible, um, scary and a lot of scammers. And, but, uh, I, I, you know, starting to meet some interesting people. So I think I just, I've pushed myself out the door to, uh, when I don't feel like it to do something, you know, I'm in an improv class. I take art classes. I, I just try to do things to meet, to meet people. people. Yeah, make because I moved back and most of my friends moved away. So right. I'm in a wid- I'm in a widow's group and it's fabulous. I met the I have friends I'm making uh there. So yeah, I mean I'm really doing better now. I'm glad we didn't talk six months ago or you know it wasn't a year a ago. I, yeah, it was I have pretty, a couple more pretty... questions if that's okay around this. So sure. first of all, lighthearted. Are boys still boys no matter their age? I don't know. I just, I've never, I've never been romantically involved since my husband died. So I don't really know. And I'm saying but, like, like yeah. as you're meeting people, mm-hmm. are, are the, do, do we, I'm trying to figure out if I'm ever going to completely mature or are they still knuckleheads even when they're 60 and 65 or are they still trying oh, to get to your boobs? Like, or does that go? No, you know what I'm saying? no, yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> I, you know, I, I mean, I'm trying to find an evolved person kind of like my husband, you sure. know, that has that creativity and analytic Someone who's analytical and creative is good because I I played piano, but I need more analytical. So, mm-hmm. you know, that balance is good. Um, 
and you know, if you meet a, a man who believes in feminism and um, respects women, um, then, you know, I don't think they would do anything inappropriate really right. because no, you they the know right that person. you have to start. Yeah. You have to yeah. start out as friends. And yeah. I so just, I just I'm, yeah. I'm excited to hear that it's possible. I'll be completely mature one day. So that that's exciting for me. Seriously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, so when your husband passes, is, is it, um, is it difficult to take care of yourself after that? Like, where do you find, uh, like, wh- yeah. do you know what I'm saying? Like, what's the process of finding life again? Oh, brother. With COVID, you know, I couldn't even get out because no, nobody that I knew was really getting out. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I lost my appetite. I, I had to eat. It was like it was like eating, force feeding yourself every meal. Nothing tasted good. I, I ate ca- cauliflower pizza probably 80 percent of the time because that's the only thing that tasted good to me. Um, and of course, it's you know, I know, I know what the saturated, I don't eat much saturated fat. So, (laughs) but um, yeah, it's just been, it was honestly, it's been, it was a nightmare and um, I'm glad to be feeling better, but you know, I still, I still cry. And we, I have two dogs that one dog, when he died, wouldn't come to bed for three months. You know, they always sleep in bed with us. He would sit by the front door and wait for my husband. So, but the other dog didn't even know. I mean, she was oblivious. So, um, you know, they're, they're great. I mean, they, yeah. they have supported me and they yeah. are, I, I love them. I kiss them a hundred times a day. And yeah. I read the other day that pumps up your endorphin. So I don't do it for that reason. I do it because I love them so much. No, but that's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's nice to have something, somebody, you know, to, to be I can't with. Yeah, yeah, I can't imagine coming home to nothing, in you know, situation. but it's been really lonely and I miss the friendship the most, you know, that my husband, I could talk every night forever and, you know, about anything, yeah. everything. Right. And uh, we never got, we never got sick of each other. It was like, we knew what, we knew what it was like to be with other people and we knew the difference and we were grateful. So you know, but I, I do believe that I, I know it's not easy, but I think eventually I'll find somebody like that. Right. It's, it's, I'm always fascinated when I talk to people who have lived a longer life and how, when you, you examine it and look backwards at it, that you've had not just a long life, but sometimes it feels like almost multiple existences within the the time frame that you've been alive like you know there's the time you know what i mean there's a time where you're a student and a child then you're in la and then you're you're married and it's just it's almost like you've lived three distinct scenarios that's true no that's true yeah and you don't realize it because i've always been very independent but it's almost feels like a half of you you know is gone and you have to claim yourself and you know not that i ever you know was a needy person with my husband or any of that i was still independent but just you know it's like finding your identity again right. with without having your best friend with you sure no that makes complete sense 
Um, well, I'm very sorry for your loss. That's for certain. And um, it sounds like he was terrific and, and yeah. you, you know what you're looking for. So hopefully somebody in that area is, uh, is going to pop up at a, at an art class or at a yoga class mm-hmm. or something. Well, I have to tell anyone that's listening. I know when I told my husband when we were dating that I had diabetes, he said it took him like a little bit back. About, I don't know what the word is. You know, it kind of like, ooh. Yeah. And then he said he realized I was 43. I'd had it since I was 22. I didn't have any complications. And he saw how I ate and how I took care and how I exercised. So he was okay with it. He wasn't scared anymore. And he was so supportive of the way that I, you know, he ate very similar to the the way I ate, not, Mm -hmm. you know, not exactly, but healthy. And um, so there are men out there that won't, you won't blow them away. Yeah. If they really are a evolved kind of guy. Right. I try to tell people that all the time when we're talking uh, about the subject that the right person won't be scared. Right. You know, and you don't, right. and you don't want to force a situation where somebody really is looking at you as if you have a, an expiration date on you or something like that. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's exactly it. I mean, I went out from, you know, online dating a few times and, and it was kind of like most of the men wanted women way younger that, you know, that are my age so that they kind of be around to take care of them. That's mm-hmm. what's one, what one of them told me. <laughs> and, and then, you know, any flaw, like having diabetes, some men is a flaw right. and they want a perfect woman and I'm not perfect. And, um, you know, so, but I'm okay with myself and, so, you know, you just have to find the right person that looks at you as a whole person instead of that your diabetes is going to ruin their, you know, their lives or you're going to drop dead. You know, a lot of men, I understand them being worried if somebody doesn't take care of themselves. But yeah, well, it's, yeah. it's funny, too, because I can I take the perspective of, you know, if we're going to meet and be together, I'm worried about you needing something and I'm worried about me needing something. I actually had a conversation with a person. I'm going to see if I can find a way to talk about this um, pretty recently. And they're, you know, my age. And one of the spouses in this very long time marriage, people have been married forever. You know, um, one of the spouses is starting to have different medical issues. And they're not really like huge things, but they're time consuming things. And the other spouse said to me, I'm getting, I'm getting tired of them being sick. And Hmm. I, I, it shocked me because I, gosh, if they've been married 30 years, probably, and, you know, together since they were kids almost. And, Mm. and, and that idea of like, it's not, it's not the person, it's not the spouse that's bothering them. It's almost not even the medical situations that are bothering them. It was that it's taking up so much time and time started feeling finite to the person I was talking to. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if you have an injury or something happens and by the time you get it fixed or taken care of, it's six months later and every day you're worried. And and the person was like, I want to do things. I want to go somewhere. I want to like, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like I have things I want to do. I, I was, I think I was equally shocked that they said it as I mm-hmm. was understanding of what they meant. Yeah. You know, 
Well, that's pretty heavy. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I felt with my husband, it was an honor to take care of him. I mean, I was really wasn't taking care of him because, you know, he, he wasn't. Yeah. I yeah. mean, but in the end, you know, toward the end. Um, yeah. But a little more, but um, I, you know, I, I understand that. I, I just, I'm just, I just like being with, with him. Mm-hmm. And I, that was more important to me than going to, you know, Tahiti or, you know, right. the Caribbean or, you know, so I don't know. No, I it wouldn't be. I, I think yeah. I'd fall on your side of this too. But I have to be yeah. honest; it made me think. Oh, my wife's going to bail on me if I get. Sick. <laughs> well, yeah. I hope not. I hope not. I, I think, you know. Yeah. I mean, I hope not. Yeah. I mean, look, you've gone through all this with your daughter, and uh, you know that's been a lot of work, right? Yeah. No, I know. You, you're saying I deserve a little compassion if something goes wrong with me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think so. Damn well, right. we all yeah. need to give ourselves compassion. Yeah. This is what I'm learning from his death that I need to be compassionate. If I just didn't do something that today, it's like, it's okay, Pam, you took care of your diabetes. You took care of the dogs. You gave one of them their meds, you know, Yeah. and uh, that's all you have to do. You know, I, so, I am, I'm of the camp too, Pam, that every day doesn't need to be a Lollapalooza situation. You no, know, it can't be, it can't be perfect, you yeah. know? Um, so I, I think I felt like it was more like that. It's so f- interesting. I mean, I think before he died, I felt like, you know, every day was so exciting, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, once I lived alone, had been living alone, it's been a whole different story, but pushing yourself to be out with people has helped tremendously. Yeah. Uh, that's that's so. what I'm taking away from what you're saying is that, is that being around other people is, is a saving grace for you. It, it is yeah. it's isolating, even though that's what I want to do. I, I have to not do it. Fight against it, that idea. It's horrible. Yeah. yeah. Do you do you sometimes just do you ever think, well, it's over? I did all the things I'm going to do. Does it ever get to you that way? Yeah. I mean, for a long time, I've thought I'm, I'm, ne- I'm never gonna, you know, be be with anyone again. And mm-hmm. you know, I. F- I think it, I know a lot of people who've had bad marriages and when their spouses died, they don't want to get married again. But people I've in my widow's group have told me, you know, if you had a good marriage, you usually do want to meet someone. Yeah, it's your expectation. Hey, yeah, but I don't, yeah. How, how, um, how valuable do you find your memories at this point? I, it's pretty good. You know, sometimes it's not good. I'll think I want to do this, this, and this, and I'll forget. Like I saw something on Facebook where this woman said, I won't write it down because I'll remember. And then she goes, ha ha or something, you know? (laughs) So once once, I mean, I, I'm, I write things down, you know, because it really helps. And so as your memory tails away, as you get older, do you, do you have trouble recount, like recalling your life? Like, especially since your husband's gone, I'm wondering, like, is it helpful to you to think about things that you enjoyed or moments? And are those are those easy to come by or harder to come by? Yeah, I'm not there yet. I I can't I don't honestly don't even enjoy looking at photos. I can't listen to some voicemails that are still on my phone from him. Um, But I know that one day I will be able to look at all the beautiful lives that we spent and, yeah. you know, not be, um, sad and afraid, you yeah, know? Yeah. yeah. And so, so at the moment it's painful to, to experience. 
Yeah, it's right. hard. Right. You know, everybody says that's the first thing they say is, oh, think of the good memories, you know, when you tell them he died. Well, just think of all the great times. It's like, well, you you think of all the great times because that's making me feel like I'm going to throw up right mm. now, you know? Yeah, uh, well, that, that, that is what I wanted to understand. So the the memories are are not as, for you, they're not as valuable, obviously, as as a real situation would be. And at the moment, you're not finding them comforting. No, yeah. I'm getting much better. better you know, it's got, yeah, it's gotten much better lately. So, um, it's you know, it'll, it'll just keep getting better. I think it's yeah. just time. No, I, I appreciate you sharing all this with me. I really do. Thanks. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's a, uh, it's been very, it's been enlightening. You know, it, it's, it's, um, this is a week where I talked with you and earlier in the week, I spoke with a 22-year-old girl who was diagnosed while she was in college. And, oh to, and, and to hear her talk about her life, um, she only has the perspective, not that this is a bad thing, but because of her age and her situation, her her almost her entire perspective is of now. It's of what she's doing right now, what happened in the recent past, what she hopes to happen in the very near future. She doesn't have the ability as as most people her age wouldn't to wonder ahead by decades um mm-hmm. and she has no perspective because she was a child you know just prior to this happening and then to hear you be able to reach back to a time when you were 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 um when you were with this person or lived here or lived there or experienced something even to hear that you had uh, an infection that lasted i mean i'm i'm spitballing here the numbers but some some 15 years like i tried to put yeah. myself in that perspective of living with it for 15 years and at the mm-hmm. same time it's something that you have not lived with for 32 years that's right yeah mm-hmm. it's really and i'm so good hey, i'm sorry i think i cut you off yeah oh i'm sorry you you were gone for a second i lost the signal um yeah, well, my my little sister, you know, I just joined Big Brother, Big Sister, and I have a little sister, and boy, has that helped. Whew. Oh, I just love this little girl. She's nine years old, and uh, when I met her, she was eight, and uh, so, yeah, you guys boy, get has together. that helped. Yeah, no, I can imagine that, that would be valuable. Just to uh, be, be able to, yeah. it's not as much right about directing people as it is, I mean, just kind of leading them more than telling them. I imagine like just being there for an example is probably such a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Pam, if you don't have anything else, I'm, I feel good about this, but I want okay. to make sure that we've covered Thank everything. You. I think so. Good. Yeah. You're probably like, how the hell? I didn't think we were going to talk this long. Well, I hope I didn't share too much, you know, I, I mean, so for me or for you, I thought you were well, great. Yeah, I just hope your listeners are okay with hearing all the <laughs> gory details oh, and I all the I, I, good good stuff. So, Pam, as as hard as this might be to believe, because this is your now and you're living through it right now, I thought you told a beautiful story. Well, thank you. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors. Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G V O K E G L U C A G 
com forward slash juicebox. I also want to thank the Contour Next One blood glucose meter and remind you to go to contournext.com forward slash juicebox to get Arden's blood glucose meter. Make Arden's meter your meter at contournext.com forward slash juicebox. If you're into helping people, especially people with type 1 diabetes, I'd like to ask you to go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. When you get there, fill out the survey completely and you've helped somebody. All you need to be is a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry, complete the survey, help someone with type 1 diabetes, help yourself perhaps, and support the Juicebox podcast. You will do all of this in the fewer than 10 minutes that it will take to go to that link and complete the survey. The survey is very simple. You'll know all the answers to all the questions. It is also HIPAA compliant and completely anonymous. T1DExchange.org forward slash juicebox. There are links in the show notes of your podcast player and links at juiceboxpodcast.com to all of the sponsors and to T1D Exchange. When you take the time to click on my links or to type them in a browser, you're telling the sponsors that you came from the Juicebox Podcast, and that is a wonderful way to support the show. Are you looking for a vibrant and intelligent community around diabetes? Look no farther than the Facebook page, the private Facebook page for the Juicebox Podcast. It's called Juicebox Podcast Type 1 Diabetes. The group has over 28,000 members. And those members are responsible for between 70 and 110 new posts every day on the Facebook page. Every conceivable conversation around diabetes is happening at Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. You're going to see great questions, thoughtful answers, and supportive people. No matter if you're an adult living with Type 1 Diabetes or the caregiver of someone with Type 1, this group is for you. Doesn't matter if you eat low carb or high carb or somewhere in between. Your questions and thoughts are welcome on our Facebook page. I hope you check it out. Last little bit. If you're looking for the Diabetes Pro Tip series or the Defining Diabetes series or any of the other multitude of series that exist within the podcast, you can find them in a number of ways. They are at juiceboxpodcast.com. They are at diabetesprotip.com, and if you belong to the private Facebook group, you can find them listed in the Featured tab. Now, if you're enjoying the podcast, please consider sharing it with someone else. That helps the podcast grow more than anything. Word of mouth is definitely how the show has become what it is. If you have already shared it with everybody you can think of, and you've bought an Omnipod or a Dexcom or supported one of the other sponsors... You've done the T1D Exchange survey, and now you're looking for another way to give back to the podcast? Super simple. A five-star rating and a thoughtful review in whichever audio app you listen in would be amazing. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.